Hey guys, this is Dallas here from the Just Three Brothers podcast, back for another video. Um, just before we get started, we want to let you guys know that we have our um, podcast on a bunch of various platforms now. So there's Podomatic, Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Amazon, Deezer, and FM. It's also obviously on YouTube and Rumble. Um, so today we're going to be talking about the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Obviously got my favorite character behind me, the Hulk. He's been my guy for literally ever, ever since I was like three years old. Um, and today we're going to be talking about phase one, and that's Iron Man, Iron Man 2, Thor, the Incredible Hulk, Captain America, all leading up to the last project, and that's the Avengers. So we're just going to jump right into it. Let's get it. All right, so yeah, um, one thing I thought was really interesting that I watched in a video recently was uh, in the early 2000s, the comic industry really wasn't doing all that great, and uh, Marvel took a big gamble by taking out a loan from the bank, which was like something upwards of $500 million to uh, try and get this kickstart, this cinematic universe, and I just think they took a huge gamble and it really paid off for them because they had a huge success with uh, the original Iron Man and as well the Hulk. Uh, so yeah, I think that definitely paid off for them. I think that's a fair assumption to make. Um, you can't really think of too many high top hitting uh, movies at the time, especially in the superhero franchise, other than Sam Raimi's Spider-Man, which uh, they always have a special place in my heart. But I think Carter Sentiment is quite right when he was saying that the comic book industry was dying at that point. So that is a bit of a gamble. I would argue that if Iron Man wasn't such a success, the MCU would have been probably dead on arrival. That's my opinion. I think that Robert Downey Jr. and just the creative direction of that movie, it really, really uh, kind of reinvented what comic book movies felt like at the time. There was uh, obviously several different Batman movies and Spider-Man and origin stories and everything coming out of the woodwork. But the Iron Man movie really just felt like it was a tier above the rest. It was just so well done. Uh, the CGI at the time was absolutely gorgeous, and that movie is quite old, and I think it still stands up to some degree if you watch them again. I think Iron Man, the original Iron Man, really it really took off because of the fact that Robert Downey Jr. turned his life around and just became a, a, a an amazing actor. Like he he was did such an amazing job. I really feel like if they would have picked any other actor and put him in that in his shoes, I don't think the movies would have took off. Maybe the MCU still would have thrived, but it definitely would not have thrived like it did. I think that's fair to say. Um, it's just really nice to see um, that they seem to to really. Um, have a plan in mind when they executed these movies you know they had all these great uh, intro stories come out like Iron Man and, and Thor and that sort of stuff and the casting in my opinion is like the best casting that could have ever been done I don't think you could have you can't imagine you know a Wolverine without uh, Hugh Jackman you can't imagine Iron Man without Robert Downey Jr so I think the casting was uh, basically as good as it gets for these movies and just how they were so precisely articulated all, all for the lead up to the Avengers movie. You know, I think it's, it's, it's top shelf. This is some Wagyu meat. This is how you do it. You have to really set these movies up in, in a certain way. And I think that the MCU did it uh, like no other before them. Yeah, I think that was an interesting point you brought up. It's just how, how planned they had it from the get go. Uh, you know, they started doing those end credit scenes, I think right at the beginning, even with their first one with Iron Man, you know, uh, uh, Fury comes in in the end and then you're like, oh, this is really getting me ex hyped up because he wants to get the Avengers initiate started or whatever. So I think right off the bat, they had a plan and they knew what, what direction they wanted to go with these movies. 
I think I think I agree with Carter 100% because the fact is they had it all fleshed out and planned out from the jump. They had I think they probably had up to phase two done in phase one. Like they knew what they were doing. Like, like Carter said, they had an end end credit scene, which had never really been done before. I think that's a really big thing to realize is they brought in Nick Fury in the first Iron Man at the very end of the movie. And you, at that time, like, obviously true comic book fans knew exactly who that was, but they didn't, they didn't say his name. They just showed, showed him as a picture of him, I think in the donut at the top. And uh, then, obviously, in The Incredible Hulk, they had a great end credit scene where literally General Ross comes in and has a, a beer or whatever with Robert Downey Jr. and says, so I hear you got a big problem. Like, that just goes to show, like, the depth that they had already. But another thing that's really important that Catelyn was talking about is the is the depth of the actual roster, the the actors that played every single character. I cannot imagine... Thor without Chris Hemsworth like he is an Australian like he's a specimen like he's jacked he looks exactly like Thor his voice everything Chris Evans is Captain America like I can't imagine like in the Captain America movie when he was the little skinny 90 pound guy with the CGI like even that I could still like relate to him playing that character obviously you got Jeremy Renner um shout out to Jesse Hawkeye um we got Scarlett Johansson also as Black Widow and she is she was just stunning and like you know you really believe that she was this russian intelligence member and then obviously you got the two hulks edward norton i'll let cal and deep dive into that one because he was a huge fan of edward norton and then you got mark ruffalo from the avengers and i just think all the casting decisions were completely wonderful and i don't think the mcu would be the same without those first original six actors i mean it's star power and that's something that it had you know these people like not only were big stars at the time and and, and currently in their own respect but they also like executed these roles so perfectly um, I think that, uh, you know, just how Dallas was touching on the whole Hulk thing. Um, I think it was really interesting to note that uh, not only were these the first movies to kind of do these end credit scenes with a little bit of a cliffhanger or kind of like Carter says, hype you up for the next movie. Um, but the writing was incredible, even with the raw scene in the bar when he says you wear such expensive, nice suits. Um, this is like kind of a tip to the hat that he's Iron Man. You know, you, you, you got to love the writing. Um you know, the one thing that I've always kind of critiqued Marvel for, especially in the MCU, is like some of their jokes, there's like this type of style of joke that I find is like a Marvel humor, which um, I don't think is the worst thing in the world, because it's clearly, I mean, you have the entire audience erupting and roaring in laughter. So it's it's clear that it's like, um, you know, catering to the, the lowest common denominator, obviously. But um, I think that the, the writing is so strong. The character development is incredible. Just how they absolutely elevate these characters is just incredible. And, uh, you know, I think it's uh, it's hard to compare it to anything else, like really. Um, Carter was even saying before we touched on the fact that the comic book uh, world was dying. You know, its core was about to burn out. And I really think that uh, it took these movies to really push it to the next direction. Um, as far as Hulk is concerned, the one thing I've always found very interesting about the MCU is the fact that they set the movies up with Edward Norton's Hulk, but then they eventually just scrapped that and then they brought in Mark Ruffalo. I think Mark Ruffalo is a phenomenal Hulk. I like the actual aesthetic of the Hulk. I believe that's actually the Hulk in Dallas's background currently. Yes, it is. Um, but I really, really enjoyed Edward Norton's depiction of him. And I also loved that version of Hulk, you know, the Hulk that was, um, you know, he didn't look so... Uh, like Andre the Giant he looked very like he looked cool he kind of had an edgelord haircut he was like super cut like just striations all over 
Um, I love the whole, you know, general Ross uh, deal there too. But I mean, again, they, they change actors around and the cast around. They do this uh, in movies from time to time. I know that uh, in the Nolan's movies, um, the person who played Rachel, the love interest was actually switched out as well. So um, th- that's always just a small critique for me. It's not the, the end of the world when, when obviously an actor decides to not portray that character again, but um, as far as continuity sake, it, it, it was, I thought that was so interesting because let's not, let's also remember that they did a Hulk before that, that was um, uh, David Banner was doing the Hulk. And I, that movie gets shit on a lot. I know that there's a lot wrong with it. Like the whole like levitating rip dogs and like the whole dad can turn into lightning and stuff. It's like really, really weird choices, but I really enjoyed that Hulk a lot. I liked how he looked almost like Brock Lesnar, but painted green. Um, and the whole scene when he's in the desert jumping around and, you know, throwing tanks around. I really thought that was a lot of fun. It was the first time we actually got to see the Hulk. I thought they were going to do this thing where like we didn't even get to see the Hulk that much because it was such a, this grandiose character at the time. I thought it would do a lot of like, oh, he's behind a tree. He's kind of shaded or like they didn't really want to show him that much. But in the desert, I mean, there's no other, you know, like full lighting effect and the, the setting, like you couldn't hide in that. And it was really cool to see that they really, really, uh, made Hulk shine in that one as well. I think all three of the Hulk movies are great. Yeah, I think that just the visual effects alone and the first Hulk movie, I think it was either 2003 or 2004, but it's really incredible just the things they were able to do. The scene where Hulk grabs that tank and just like throws it, it's just the animation is just really good. One nitpick I do have is even though I think the actual Hulk looks really good in that movie, I think his green hue is a little, he looks a little too green in my opinion. It just doesn't really blend in with the, the rest of the world. But one thing I really liked about that movie is just the, the comic book frames, the way that the way they did it. They kind of made the movie feel like a comic book by having different frames come up onto the screen. Uh, I thought that was really cool. I but, I actually, but I actually think the, the first Hulk, in my opinion, in the 2004 movies, actually, or movie, sorry, actually looks better than the one in the 2008 version. I think just the CGI looks better in the 2008 one, he kind of looks more like a video game character, whereas the first one kind of looks more toned in and realistic. But obviously, Mark Ruffalo's Hulk is obviously the best of the three. Uh, just the CGI, and I really like how they took Mark Ruffalo's face and actually kind of used that as a reference to make the Hulk's face. And he really does look like Mark Ruffalo, especially in the the new Avengers movie where he becomes... Uh, what is it professor hulk or something like that yeah he lo- really looks like mark ruffalo and i think the cgi has come a long way i think i'm glad that you brought that up um i know i noticed you used the word obviously the best of the three which again i would disagree with that i think that my favorite hulk and the actual hulk um i'm not so concerned with uh the actual bruce banner character i think that he's whatever he's just basically the chariot that's driving us to the end point of the hulk finally coming out i think we really always have to uh you know think of when we were talking with the hulk which actually big green gamma boy we're talking about and i would say that the edward norton one was my favorite just by design i know that it was a little bit uh he wasn't that he was wasn't as big as the other two but he just the way he looked i thought it was a lot cooler um and the thing that i have noticed is that i mean you know obviously cgi is going to be obliterated by the passage of time i think that there's going to be a time in 10 years that we look back at professor hulk and we kind of cringe because it looks like this uncanny valley of mark ruffalo but also um it's the cgi green larger version 
as much as I like that they did that homage to Joe Fixit, the Gray Hulk, which is Hulk where he's in full control, but he's not quite as strong because obviously the rage factor isn't involved. I would have really loved to see them uh, kind of go down the Joe Fixit route. I, I, I've always loved an idea of the Hulk being in full control, but that's the Gray Hulk where he's not quite as strong, but I mean, it's, it's banded behind the wheel driving the whole time. So I like the homage that they did with Professor Hulk, but again, I, I, I really made me a little bit disappointed that we never got Joe fix it. Um, the thing is, I, I'm not going to agree with either of you guys. Like I, I love the Hulk in general, but the Brock Lesnar version of the Hulk, the one that David Banner played, the thing I liked about him, um, I actually really liked the fact that he was so green. Obviously it's not exactly comic book worthy, but the thing with him is it really showed his power scaling. It showed how strong he was. The fact that he was able to do like five jumps and be out of the desert, like that's realistic to, to the comics. You know what I mean? The fact that he's able to rip tanks apart and throw them at helicopters, like that's also comic book worthy, you know? The Hulk um, from the Edward Norton movie, he couldn't even jump on top of a building. He had to take t 10 jumps to like go up the side of it. He could barely rip a car in half. He kicked Emil Blonsky into a tree. Ooh, big whoop-de-doo. Oh, he he ran into a big, tr uh, big truck, one of the sonic boom trucks, and like pushed it over. Cool. The Hulk from the first Avengers movie, he literally... I'm always angry and he punches the giant Shatari like warship and like implodes it. And then he jumps up onto the building and takes out like 20 guys in like 10 seconds and then jumps all the way across the city and smashes into one of the flying things. Like it just shows how powerful the Hulk is. And I didn't like the Edward Norton version where they basically made him that he wasn't really that, that impressive. And that was the biggest, the biggest problem I had with that movie. Like, I like the look of him. Don't get me wrong. I like, cause he looked really like, like an insane Hulk, like a really savage Hulk. But the fact is he, like you said, he was small um, and he wasn't very powerful. Like, I mean, can you imagine that Hulk going up against Thor? No, it wouldn't have happened. Thor literally would have clubbed him. So it's like, they had to, they had to switch that up, I think. And that's the most important. I thing. can see that. I can definitely see where you're coming from there. But the thing about that movie is I feel like there were so many cool, just things in that movie where he ripped the car apart and had, you know, boxing gloves made out of metal. Um, I loved the whole fight with abomination. The one thing that, uh, you know, I don't think the Hulk in any other movie before the, the Mark Ruffalo ones is when he actually calls himself the Hulk in that movie, when, He's fighting the abomination. He's swinging a chain and he says, you know, the whole, any last words. And he says, Hulk smash, smashes the ground, causes all the fissures. I think that that was such an epic scene in the movie. Um, you know, him even trying to fight um, who would, the human version of abomination when he had this, the Captain America serum, when he's juking and he's running across the field at like mock speed. And even when he fights the Hulk, when the Hulk is trying to stab him with those, uh, basically those metal shards that he's holding, um, I think the movie had a lot of uh, really redeeming qualities. Um, I, I would agree that um, the, the current rendition of Hulk that we have does fit a lot better into these movies and just uh, the, you know, how Dallas mentioned before, just the act, the example of power that he's setting forward um, makes a lot more sense in these regards. But I, I do really think that that movie as a standalone Hulk movie was perfectly fine. I think it worked, worked good. And I think that uh, the casting choices were good. Um, I just, I personally love like, um, you know, just the look of it. I, I've already said that, but I also really like Edward Norton. I think that Edward Norton is a phenomenal actor. I think he's actually probably like one of my top 10 favorite actors of all time. He's, he, he's so good at doing this massive range of, you know, the work that he's willing to do. 
And I think that, you know, I can't even think of a time where his performance was just bad in a movie. You know, you have these countless movies where he does a great job, whereas, um, you know, the other two were great too. You know, David Bann is great. I think he's a phenomenal actor as well. Um, and Mark Ruffalo is really good too, but I feel like um, Mark Ruffalo wasn't very, in my opinion anyway, I'm sure that you two would disagree, but I didn't feel like he was very convincing as like this, you know, top tier level scientist who's you know just like breaking down the da vinci code like he kind of seemed like a bit of a pud in those movies i found you know a lot of sequences where he kind of you know isn't sure of himself and he just seems like uh it's kind of hard to drive the 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 message home that he's this crazy you know top level scientist i just felt it was a little not believable but that's probably arguably my only gripe with mark ruffalo as the hulk but that's also the best comic book rendition of of David or Bruce Banner that you're ever going to get. He literally Bruce Banner in the comics isn't sure of himself. He doesn't he doesn't really have a clue. Yeah, he's got a genius level intellect, but he's not able to use it half the time because he's so um, he's just he's just he's clumsy. He's just he's yeah, he's just very shy. Like he's, you know, he, the Hulk literally just amplifies his qualities like normally he's not even you know, he's not a. The, the problem with the problem with Edward Norton, I found, is that he just he he was almost too good of an actor. Like, I I, str- I struggled with that because like I wouldn't even believe him in, until the very end of the movie, the very end of the movie when he gets the green eyes at the end when he's in the forest. Like that's the only time that I actually thought that he was turning into the Hulk. Like he just, I don't know. I just pictured him too much a Fight Club, and maybe that's just the star quality that I get from you know Edward Norton. But overall, I think I think all of the all of the actors that portray Bruce Banner really have their their each individual good qualities about them, and I think that the CGI is going to keep going a long way. I, d- I doubt we'll ever see a standalone Hulk, Hulk film again because they don't really perform well in the box office. Like if you look at Thor Ragnarok, not to bring up Phase Three, but if you look at Thor Ragnarok, that was the best performing movie with 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 Hulk in it. Period. Other than like obviously the Avengers and stuff, but there's also you know ten characters or more. It- was great though i think that uh hulk was a very nice kind of giant green cherry on the top of the sunday but i feel like that movie really was driven forward by um chris hemsworth performance of thor i mean when Mm -hmm. we think of thor come on it's chrissy boy you gotta love him he's gorgeous he's cut he's looking the part he's feeling the part you know chris hemsworth to me um is you know in that top shelf you know that you got the good china in the cabinet um as far as you know, Robert Downey Jr. as Iron Man, Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. And I would even say Ryan Reynolds as Deadpool. I think that mm-hmm. a lot of these characters just feel like, uh, how could you do it without them? And I think that Chris Hemsworth really, you know, as the God of Thunder was such a good choice. Um, I think that he's great. And, uh, you know, the one thing I, obviously this isn't phase one, but I feel like I got to get it out of the way before we go uh, any further with Chris Hemsworth. Um, it was very hard for me in my soul to witness a fat Chris Hemsworth. It was hard for me in my heart to see my handsome boy, my, my beautiful number one handsy boy in this fat gross state. Um, it made me really sad. Um, I think that there's no room for that. We have to elevate Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth deserves to have, you know, his, his own movie, just the Crimson Hemsworth movie. I'd love to see that, but uh, you know, seeing him as fat Hulk, I thought that that was a fat Hulk, a fat Thor, bro. Oh, sorry, <laughs> Fat Thor, not Fat Hulk. I'd love to see a Fat Hulk. Um, <laughs> oh, definitely Thor, be fun. Fat no. Thor for me was, um, I think it was probably arguably one of the worst choices they made in the MCU other than uh, casting Brie Larson. But I think we really can consider a lot of like angles with that and, and why they decided to do that. But in my opinion, I think there's no place in it. 
Um, but again, I think I'll touch on it for two seconds, by the way, and then we're going to go back to phase one. <clears throat> so basically the reason, the reason that they made Thor fat is because fit Thor fit Stormbreaker Thor basically was the most powerful character other than Captain Marvel to come onto the scene. So if they, if they did kept him as non-depressed, um, like fit Thor where he was training and getting more powerful, he, in that last battle where it was the three of them, Captain America, Iron Man and Thor, they would they would have handled Thanos right there without any Infinity Stones, one hundred percent. Thor almost defeat Thanos as fits Thornbreak, Thor, uh, Stormbreaker Thor after his brother was killed and all the pain and the anger he had. If he would have kept that going into that battle with Thanos, he would have took Thanos out one hundred percent without the Infinity Stones, especially with Cap with Mjolnir and Iron Man with his nanotech armor. That's why they did it. They had to basically power him down, just like they powered down the Hulk as Professor Hulk. And that's why they did it. That's fine. And I get that. But it's like I think it's always so unfortunate to see a power down after you've seen these movies build characters up. I think that, uh, you know, it's it's really great to see the characters like tap into their ultimate top tier potential. You know, you see Captain America grabbing the Molnir. That was probably one of the most epic scenes in cinematic history I've ever witnessed in theater. I thought that was incredible. You know, I'd love to see Hulk, you know, get, you know, just absolutely rage induce large and just become huge because everyone knows he gets bigger when he's more mad yeah. um i would love to see like this like 70 foot tall hulk who is just raging with white eyes just going crazy and just eating people like i'd love to see this kind of strength so you know it's it's a shame that they never really got to show us the you know the shredded Stormbreaker. i would have loved to see it um i think that it's really great to see the end game we're now in the end game the title of this movie is the end game we, we should see the end game so to see um you know a chubby chris hemsworth although you know it personally offended me it also offended me on a cinematic level as well because i think that uh we should have seen a really really elevated top tier thor and it just kind of seems a little bit uh unfortunate that you know you have this god of thunder and this mighty warrior for years and years and years but all of a sudden now i'm sad and i lost i gained some weight and i'm playing Fortnite. it's just you know i i feel like they could have done a lot different uh choices with that and we were in the end game so it's a little unfortunate to see that we didn't yeah so we're gonna bring it back basically right to the start so so obviously we talked about iron man and how good of a movie that was you got to see iron man's origin story and i think with all the origin stories you have from every other character whether it's wolverine or or spider-man or batman like we've all got to see the origin story so i think seeing iron man in that cave like first creating the armor and stuff i think that was really really cool because iron man never had a standalone iron man movie it wasn't even a thought you know what i mean so it was nice to see that and basically it was nice to see the character development of Robert Downey Jr. over the course of that, um, the movie. And he basically went from just like a cocky, obviously like he's rich and everything. So he was just went from someone who's super cocky to somebody who could actually like save the world and actually be a superhero at the, like, you know, at the very end of the movie, I am Iron Man. Like at the beginning of the movie, he wasn't Iron Man. And it was nice to see that character develop so far. One thing, uh, uh, that kind of disappoints me is just how much Hulk underperforms when it comes to just uh, how how well his movies do. Uh, I'd really like to see like a Planet Hulk movie or something because I know Marvel is doing doing a lot of these new st uh, standalone series like WandaVision and things like that. But uh, I don't know. I feel like a Planet Hulk movie would be really sick. And uh, as Kat mentioned before, it'd be really cool to see Hulk just transform and get this next level of power. 
I, th- I think that that is a really good point. I, I As much as I think that there are some pretty cool sequences and some really, really uh, shiny moments that the Hulk does get in some of these movies, I feel that as far as how strong he is, he does underperform in these movies. We have to remember, like, you know, us three being massive, uh, you know, comic book uh, consumers and that sort of thing, and just superheroes in general are so great. You know, seeing Hulk in uh, Wolverine versus Hulk and Thor versus Hulk, just to see this incredible unstoppable power that he has, you know, he gets sent to hell and he's fighting demons and it's just like, he's just so incredibly strong. I feel like he does underperform. He doesn't even feel like he's one of the uh, most powerful members of the team, which is kind of unfortunate. Um, but they are, they're willing to do that with some of these characters to get it for free. You know, you know I think Captain Marvel was a g- good addition to the, the series for sure. Um, but I think that she was way too good, way too quick for no reason, other than the fact that, I mean, the character is kind of a broken OP character anyway. It's very Superman-esque in this series. But um, I feel like, and again, this isn't like a, a direct, um, you know, negative towards, you know, Brie Larson or even the character of Captain Marvel. But I feel like that character definitely didn't earn it. I feel like in the the later movies, especially in Endgame and Infinity War, she kind of just comes in and she has this very like, yeah, of course I'm here. Of course I'm going to, you know, save the day and take out these giant like war vessels. It's like, you didn't really earn it. You had one movie before this. So I feel like the other people, especially Hulk, he should have definitely been able to uh, show his power. You know, it, it feels like it's really unfortunate that, uh, you know, Thanos kind of bodied him in that first scene and he was kind of cucked from Jump Street after that. So it was really unfortunate to see that he never really, you know, got to shine at all. And then after that movie, he becomes Professor Hulk. So, I mean, I think that those two movies, um, Hulk really did underperform. It was just unfortunate that uh, he was so cucked, in fact, that he had to wear the Hulkbuster suit. He couldn't even be Hulk anymore. He had to be a shell of the Hulk. So it was a little bit unfortunate for me to see that. How do you think I felt? really like that there's no way to describe it i was like legit angry i can't i can't even describe like it actually upset me like that he got bodied so that here's the thing with captain marvel i get where they were going through the whole the whole series they they had planned at the beginning of phase three to to jump right into captain marvel because at the end of infinity war Thanos snaps his fingers kills a, a tr- trillions of people right the last message Nick Fury gets to send out is to is to Captain Marvel, right? So then that's when the Captain Marvel movie comes out. And then right after that, you go into Endgame. So but they planned on having her be the most OP character in the series. And I get that, whatever. But honestly, if you look at the comics, Hulk would rip her in half. Any rendition of, of of Captain Marvel would get ripped in half. Even even the even Cap even actual Marvel would get ripped in half. Like it doesn't matter. Hulk is way stronger than her in in every single comic rendition there is. So it really frustrated me that that character was able to just come in and just take over like that. They built up Hulk as the strongest character in the series. They built him up. They, that was obvious at the end of the first Avengers. He like just with with the one punching the the you know, the Shatari warship, like I said earlier, and then punching Thor and like going battle toe to toe in battle with the God of Thunder, which is the only character in the series who could actually do that at that point. Right. Um, And then obviously in phase two, Age of Ultron, he's, he's the one that gives uh, Age of Ultron, Ultron, sorry, the last, um, the last blow. Right. Like you can tell that they were building this character up to be the strongest character in the series. And obviously then Thor Ragnarok, you could tell that Thor had the upper hand once he figured out kind of his God powers, which, you know, I don't entirely agree with that either, but it's a Thor movie. So I'm, I'm not going to take anything away. Plus it's Chris Hemsworth. Like do what you want, buddy. Like you can do anything. You're, you're a beauty. Yeah, so, I agree with that sentiment. I think Chris Hemsworth is allowed to do whatever he wants. 
so anyway, the, the Hulk like has his time to shine, and even at the end of the movie, when uh, when Asgard's getting blown up, basically Hulk literally jumps at the at Surtur, like the giant Surtur, just smashes him in the head, and then Thor has to tell him like relax, like just let him do his thing, like this is a plan, right? So Hulk got got his own little bit of a time to shine, and that's why at the very beginning of Infinity War, when Hulk just you know, like Loki says, like, we've got a Hulk and then Hulk comes in and get, has like 10 seconds of like putting a beat down on Thanos. And then all of a sudden it's like game over for the Hulk. And then I don't want to be, I love the MCU. It's like my favorite movies, my favorite thing probably out there. And I don't want to knock it, but when they did that to my character and they ruined him for the rest of the series, it really, it really hurt it sucks. I'm not going to lie. Like the fact that they literally built up Hulk for two phases and then just nerfed him into the ground to the point where he was basically useless. That kind of killed it for me, but whatever it is, what it is like he had his tiny little moment to shine as professor Hulk when he held up the building in Avengers uh, manner or whatever, but it's still, like you said, it would have been sweet. It would have been sweet to see a planet planet Hulk scale world breaker Hulk come in there and go toe to toe with Thanos one last time before the snap and everything, you know what I mean? But obviously that wasn't part of the plan. Um, I know a lot of diehard Hulk fans like myself were definitely displeased with the direction that the Hulk took, but it's fine. He had, he had what, six, 12, he had 12 movies to, you know, be the most powerful character. And even for the first, even for the first half of phase three, almost the, the whole phase three he was still the most one of the most powerful characters um basically he got out like dr strange outshines him uh, obviously stormbreaker thor outshines him and clearly captain marvel and even even wanda really if you want to break it right down but that's fine it, it, there's different scaling right there's millions of different renditions of characters in the comic books and there's been there's been literally comic books where spider-man pulls a building on top of hulk and that's it that's it for hulk by hulk you know what i mean so it is what it is. It's not the most powerful rendition of Hulk, and and that's fine. I I still like where the movies went. I still have mad love for the MCU, um, and I just that's why I think I cherish Phase One and Two more so than Phase Three. Even though I loved Phase Three, it was my favorite phase, but I cherished the first two more because my boy was still top tier. Let me ask you this. Um, there's something I've always kind of been curious about because you know I have such love for this particular character. How would you have felt in the later um, phases if they would have been more genuine to the Joe fix it and went that route opposed to professor Hulk? I'd love to get your take on this Dally. Well, I don't, I don't think Joe fix it. Like, isn't Bruce Banner. I'm almost a hundred percent. I'm going to have to find out that out after this. I've never been a huge fan of Joe fix it, to be honest. I, I honestly though, I would have much rather had Joe fix it as a separate character or even Bruce Banner than what we had with professor Hulk. I just, or red Hulk. Oh my God. Oh, well, that's clearly an amazing direction to take this stuff with Rolk. But I was just simply, I'd like to kind of do a little bit of a touch. I've always been curious what Dallas thought about that. I don't think I've ever asked him. Um, they did do Professor Hulk in these uh, movies. And I mean, I feel like it's good for the lols and it's good for the laugh factor. But I was actually curious what he really thought of a Joe Fixit direction with the gray Hulk. I would have rather literally had any other Hulk any other Hulk than Professor Hulk, any. Like, I would have rather have, like, a Savage Hulk without Banner. I would have rather had Joe fix it. I would have much rather had Rolk in his prime, not this new Rolk in the animated series of stuff, but, like, an actual I powerful. thought Red Hulk was, like, a separate entity, though. It yeah. is, it is, That's, 100%. Well, that would be a cool a movie. It's General Ross. It's, it's General, General Ross, yeah, Betty's dad. 
Okay. Yeah, and when he first came into the comic book scene, dude, he was a f- freaking monster, like Timba. a monster. He was like, he's like basically, he was the equivalent of what we have with Squirrel Girl right now in the comics. Like he was literally just coming in, and he he beat Galactus. He, Squirrel Girl. Uh, she's just a she's a really really overpowered character, and yeah. um, she's honestly like if in every top ten list right now on the internet, she's top in the top one. ten list. No matter what, no matter where you want to put her, like sometimes she's at the top, sometimes she's whatever. But she's as far as Marvel comics go, I don't even know when she came out. I I, I want to say she came out in like the eighties, but it might actually have been like super recently. But I know even if she did come out in the eighties, she was never like she is now. And basically, she summons an army of squirrels and is able to take out like every every single person like she took out thanos she took out galactus she took out i, I, I no even the Carter, Carter. industry died yeah it's not good it's <laughs> not yeah, it's good. no it's not good at all it's that's the thing though the scaling is different no matter what comic you go in the scaling's different like even the even the death hulk that's that's out right now um so basically the most powerful character frick i didn't really want to go into this but the most powerful character in in the marvel universe period is the one above all He's like basically God in in our world. You know what I mean? And so basically Hulk goes to hell and there's there's a being called the one below all. And he's the most powerful in that realm. You know what I mean? And Hulk one punches him and hits him so hard that he opens like a rift in a dimension and literally like goes back to our world by, by defeating. So basically he defeats like the number two most powerful thing in the comics. And it like to put it into perspective, Thanos with the infinity gauntlet couldn't and in the comics thanos with the infinity gauntlet was way more op than he was in the the mcu but thanos with the infinity gauntlet literally did nothing could could do nothing against the one above all and the one below all is right on the same tier as that so it just goes to show how ah what it's not death hulk i can't remember the name i was literally just reading it like last week i just can't remember the name of it but basically basically they're actually finally doing justice to my guy in the comics now with hulk just being like this like the, the 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 most powerful he ever was, other than this, was definitely um, Worldbreaker Hulk. Right? Haven't they introduced this like new concept where the gamma radiation is like demon energy? Oh, or de- something, yeah, something. that's what it is. That's what I'm talking about, Demon Hulk or whatever. Like, well, okay, let's be fair though, boys. There's a massive difference between the MCU and the actual comic books. I mean, because if we're talking about the strongest character in all of the uh, you know Marvel history, we can't forget about Spider's Man. Spider's Man is incredible, and I think we all love that character. Spider's Man. Yeah, it's instead of uh, Peter Parker being bit by a single spider, he a falls. Spider in a gets vat. Beat, a spider gets bit by Peter Parker. No, 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 no. It's even cooler <laughs> than that. He falls into a vat of hundreds of thousands of spiders that all consume his body. But what they did is they all consumed his uh, his intellectual like uh, encompassing like. So he's just a million spiders, and he's <laughs> then, then it becomes a hive mind where this the inside of the spider suit is hundreds of thousands of radioactive spiders that have Peter Parker's thoughts and stuff. So Spider's Man is incredible. I think that he is really just a sleeper comic book that's really cool. I love that. But I'm just, obviously, I'm being... I wouldn't put it a past Marvel to actually make that. I mean, considering how much... Oh, it's actually, it's legit. That's that's a real thing? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I thought you were just... No, 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 no. (laughs) I was trying to make the point that uh, the comic books can take a little bit of more liberties than the movies. And I think that... There's a lot of cool power scaling and, and power creep in the comics that we'll just simply never see in the MCU, and that's fine. But I love the obscure. I love the great uh, 
you know, comic book versions of stuff. You know how D- Dallas is talking about, you know, basically, you know, demon energized Hulk who's fighting gods and stuff. You know, they did that a lot with, um, you know, I know they did that a lot in Spawn where, you know, he's basically, once he's done taking out hell, he's going to the heavens. I love these grandiose kind of divine cosmic entity fights where they do this in the comics. They, they, they'll never have the balls to do that in MCU. There's no way. Um, they'll just keep doing the same format that makes sense, you know, homecoming where we got cool sneakers and at Mays looking hot. They're, we're going to go down those routes, you know, we're never going to see like, for example, uh, you know, that the, the whole symbiote like multi-universe thing where there's that massive, like super metal looking dude. Who's like the king of all symbiote with like the sword. I think his name is like uh, Karn or something. I actually can't remember his name off the top of my head. Um, but, but he's more more of a recent villain who's just a top tier villain. He's like basically, you know, he's sitting in a chair. You know, I'm a sucker for space chairs. I love space chairs. I love Modok sitting in the chair. Maestro, Doctor Doom sitting in the chair. You got uh, you know Galactus sitting in the chair. So I love it when a villain has a nice chair. You know, when they get that lazy boy, that space lazy boy going. I, I love that stuff. So it's really nice to see that. Uh, I think Apocalypse even sat in a couple of chairs in his day too. So. I love to see that. Well, look at Hulk, Maestro, the the Hulk from Thousand Years in the Future, or whatever. He sits in a chair too, has has like uh, people chained up to his thing. Yeah, it's. I think it's... we can all give some space chairs some appreciation. Some of the coolest villains, and I mean, obviously, this isn't the episode for it, but I mean, Doctor Doom is my favorite villain of all time. What they did with that character, and when we're talking about liberties in comics, I'm Doctor Doom, especially when we're going Panther God you know, Dr. Doom, there's a lot of cool stuff they can do. But again, I just want to stress, there is a difference between uh, the comic books and the MCU. I feel like the MCU will, will never have the the goal to like go through some of these, um, you know, crazily obscure and, and just power creep. So um, well, you can't, there's no really way to do it justice. You know what I mean? Like even, even like, I'm not talking about the demon Hulk that, that literally, like you say, is fighting gods and entities and all these things. Like there's no way to do that. Number one. And number two, like even someone, even this love, the second most powerful one, in my opinion, which is world breaker Hulk. He literally is so powerful when he walks, he causes earthquakes on the earth. Like, how do you really, you know what I mean? Like when you're that powerful that you can literally defeat juggernaut, all the X-Men and go toe to toe with Sentry, which is literally Marvel's superman like there's you know what i mean you well, can't why not why not split it out kind of do a uh, dragon ball z thing where you have separate universes you know why not just have massive cgi fest where hulk is just killing all the avengers you know things that happen in the comics i think those would be actually really big in the cinematic universe i think, I think, it's, think... A, I think it's a fun idea but it's definitely risky because you have mm. to approach these in such a precise way if you mess that up you know if you mess spiders man's up there's no way to come back from that so it's unfortunate but again i i'm willing to bet uh you know every cent in my bank account that there's no way the mcu is ever going to take on an overtaking like yeah, they've got like, they've got their formula it's it's working that's the thing it was four billion off phase one six billion off phase two and i don't even know probably 10 or 15 billion off phase three like you can't compete with these movies there's no other disney's huge um disney bought the rights to marvel like i mean marvel's killing it and there's no like they're already they already said with the snap that that's going to be um basically the x-men um like the mutants are going to come into the series now they've literally in phase four really i wasn't aware of that the mutants mutants, yeah x-men are going to come in the thing about the x-men is they've kind of been in licensing hell for the longest time because Mm -hmm. fox had it for a while and then they started to do all these um 
you know, you know, Marvel kind of wanted a piece of the X-Men back again. It was just all broken up and it was a nightmare and a mess. Well, of a, that's actually uh, because of uh, the original comic book crash. Marvel was kind of just throwing their 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 characters at any studio that would give them a paycheck. You know, that's why we had that original 2003 Hulk and then Absolutely. we had the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man movies and it just created a really big issue for them with the licensing. Well, that's the thing, right? I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty. If they knew how big the, uh, I mean, obviously it was so difficult for them to get the rights to Spider-Man back. I mean, it was mm-hmm. very, you know, he would have been in the fray right off the right out of the gate if it wasn't um, so difficult to just get the licensing. But it's finally great to see that they are going to come back with the X-Men. Um, I think that it's going to be massive shoes to fill. Whoever is going to be the next mm-hmm. Wolverine, I think that that's going to be quite the undertaking. Um, I, it was pretty free uh, with Spider-Man. Honestly, you had, uh, you know, Garfield or Garfunkel or whatever the guy's name was who did the new <laughs> ones. Um, Toby Maguire, although I love Toby <laughs> Maguire. Uh, it's not like he was uh, the Heath Ledger of the Joker series. He felt more of a Jared Leto kind of uh, Spider-Man. So yeah. it's pretty. I would easy. not compare Toby Maguire to Jared was, Leto. No, I'm not either. I <laughs> it's love an Toby analogy. Maguire. But all I was saying was that uh, Tom Holland kind of had that for free. He didn't have to work too hard, but I think he was a great casting choice as well. Um, but all I'm saying is when it comes to the big boys, I'm talking the top dogs and muscly burly out dogs. Like we have, uh, you know, Robert, Robert Downey Jr. Um, and you have, uh, you know, Chris Hemsworth. It's going to be big shoes to fill for the per- next person is Wolverine. I, I, I'm excited for it. I'd love to see it because sometimes I'm blown away um by who's able to kind of take up the mantle of some of these characters um and i I, huey Huey has even admitted that he's done with it he you know he may come back for another one um but it might be one i mean he's He's getting too old in my opinion dude he look look at how ripped he was though in the last one though man even in like it's just he can still do it, man. I guess Logan. I guess Logan was the last one, and he wasn't looking very ripped in that one. So we well, got to remember too is Logan was such a good way to end that arc. Mm-hmm. I feel like Logan was like probably Logan was an incredible my, movie. Was, yeah, it was one of my favorite uh, renditions of Wolverine. Um, but like I say, I mean, you know, I would love to see the. Okay, so again, this is I'm just gushing as far as if I had my choice of how to do it. Um, we've seen a lot of the uh, the Weapon X stuff, and it's been touched on quite a bit, but I would love the next person to really do the whole Berserker headgear Wolverine and him in the forest, like with the wolves and stuff. I would have loved to see Weapon X Wolverine more fleshed out in that character. So I feel like whoever does the next uh, Wolverine, oh, I would just love to see more Weapon X. Um, I've uh, always... Oh, sorry. I've uh, always finish loved... what you were saying, yeah. Yeah, I've always just loved the idea of, um, you know his healing factor being one of the only reasons mm-hmm. he could survive these experiments. And it's, uh, you know, this incredibly strong metal that's within a skeleton. And my favorite thing about Wolverine, people can say what they want about Wolverine, but my favorite thing of all time about Wolverine is the fact that he always keeps trying to fuck with Magneto. I love it. He's basically like, I'll get Magneto. And then they're like, don't Wolverine, you're made of metal. And then <laughs> goes, and he's like, ow, my bones every single time. So it's really nice to see that, uh, who, you know, the next person who plays Wolverine, I really hope is able to kind of really want to take on Magneto over and over like that again. I really think that that's an important uh, aspect of Wolverine, just uh, fighting a guy who's literally your counter. But um, like I say, I think it's big shoes to fill and I hope they fill him good. Yeah, that's one uh, aspect that I can really appreciate of Marvel's cinematic universe is just the fact that some of these movies, they take liberties like Logan, Deadpool, they're going more of a r-rated approach where in contrast you have marvel where there's no blood the actual 
core cinematic universe movies where it's more PG friendly, you know, there's no blood or gore, but then you have Logan where he's just getting ripped to shreds, you know, and that scene where, uh, where you have younger Logan come in or the clone or whatever, just that scene is just so incredible. Just the fight scene between them two. Uh, and I, I really like this approach where, uh, you know, the movies have more of a R rated kind of gore ridden, really dark edgy kind of vibe to them i really appreciate that and logan is definitely one of my favorite deadpool Marvel is movies. the one that pushed that forward so i really yeah. i'm with you i'm in you're the same camp as you i hope they're able to take it in a more um rated r side of it because again these marvel movies you can take the kids to i would love to see something that's more uh watchman-esque i mean i know people always give that movie such a hard time but watchmen is probably my favorite movie of all time as far as comic book movies um i know that's like a bit of a you know, probably a bit of a surprise to most, but uh, <laughs> I, I thought the Watchmen was such a was such a great little kind of campy. You know, you had the Weekend Watchmen, which really didn't do much to the actual graphic novels, and I know that they were a far cry from that. But to see that movie, the opening scene where the comedians just getting lambasted in his apartment, thrown out the window, I love that. You know, I also love just the idea of Doctor Manhattan. He's just, this god among among men, and him, you know, creating this. Uh, structure on Mars. There's such such great uh, quotes in that movie as well. I, I personally love that movie. The one thing I will say about Watchmen, even though I know this has nothing to do with Marvel or Phase <laughs> One or any of that, um, is the fact that you know Rorschach had this very uh, Dark Knight Joker esque kind of thing, where it's like a lot of weird, creepy individuals really gravitated towards that character and try to make him a hero. Um, it's always unfortunate when Halloween gets ruined for the next you know two to three years, and I think that uh, you know these Edge Lord characters, you know, with switchblades and masks and painting their face kind of always kind of ruins it a little bit there's always the edge lords that come out of the woodwork but you know like i say uh, we can pull it back to obviously phase one though yeah I, i'm sorry just because you, you you were talking about rorschach i'm gonna bring up the marvel equivalent to that rorschach which is the punisher um the punisher they, they're bringing him into the cinematic universe aren't dude they? dude he okay so carter what's his name come on you know his name What's the Punisher's name? The guy who plays him, John Bernthal. John Bernthal. Okay, so he plays Punisher in Daredevil. Is when he was introduced. That's and Walking he, Dead Boy, isn't it? That's Walking yep. Dead Boy. Yes, yeah, it's Walking Dead Boy. So he did so good in the Daredevil season two that they gave him his own show. So he did season one and season two in 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 the Punisher on Netflix. So now he did so well and it was received so well that they're going to be bringing him into the MCU, not necessarily as as that Punisher, but definitely as the Punisher, which is really obviously they can't have that Punisher because he's gunning people down in motels and he's probably killed like 500 people in the in the prison scene in uh, in Daredevil. Uh, he literally killed like 10 guys with like a I don't even know what it was like some kind of like like shiv like wooden shiv. I think so. I think that he does a great job as Frank Castle, but I still the original Punisher movie. I mean, that's another sleeper movie. That's a phenomenal. He's such a I, hipster. Hey. I love that movie. I absolutely <laughs> love that movie. I love Kevin Nash as the Russian. You know, I love that. Uh, um, that oh, I can't believe uh, John Panette is the kind of chubby Asian comedian who is uh, making the dinner and stuff. I think that movie's great. I think that that Frank Castle is that you can't beat that Frank Castle. I love that one. I don't like this shaved head uh, Punisher, this kind of bad boy look. I like the idea that, uh, you know, 
the the way that Frank Castle was portrayed in the first Punisher movie, I think is untouchable. That's my opinion. I think that there's no one who's going to do it better, even though I got to give props to the walking dead boy. I think he can really have some good chops with these movies. And obviously he's getting some traction with this character. So that's good to see. But again, I think that the, the, the theme of a lot of this is filling shoes. I think that it's really hard to fill those already filled shoes from the Frank Castle from the first Punisher movie. Uh, and you had John Travolta in that one too. So it's really hard to not uh, just absolutely love that movie. Okay, so here's the thing. So phase one in that Marvel Cinematic Universe, like we said, consists of Thor, Captain America, Iron Man, Hawkeye, Black Widow, and um, Captain America. So there's six of them, right? So And there's also six movies in that first phase. So there's also six movies in the second phase. Altogether in phase one, two, and three, there's 23 movies. And that includes Ant-Man and Wasp, Doctor Strange, all of them. So there's 23 movies. In phase four alone, there's 30 movies and TV series for phase four. And none of them look interesting to me at all. In my first oh, man, opinion. I'm so excited, man. I'm so excited. for. When I saw that screenshot where they put a post on Instagram of like all the different shows they were going to bring in phase four literally none of them really seem to catch my interest but i think it's hero fatigue right now and something that i think that um a lot of people have probably have it on the tip of their tongue but no one's really talking about it it's just the fact that like i mean come on i'm 29 years old like i'm not that old but it's like i'm not a spring chicken anymore by any means these movies have been in theaters ever since i was a small small kid i think a lot of people are kind of starting to get the hero fatigue um especially after endgame and infinity war i know for me it's like you know again i love comic books i love the mcu i think these are phenomenal franchises but around after endgame and uh definitely after infinity war i was really kind of getting that hero fatigue and it's very uh i know if i'm getting hero fatigue there's probably a lot of people that aren't so uh you know invested in these characters getting the fatigue as well so i'm not even sure what the uh phase four uh lineups are looking like honestly i know i've heard a couple whispers and murmurs throughout the crowd of what they could be doing i heard that they're doing a moon knight uh movie perhaps which i think is going to be incredible i love moon knight um and i mean we've talked about this before and this isn't marvel but i think that the new robert pattinson batman is going to be great mm-hmm. um so there's a lot of ones that are coming down the pipe that are kind of just blowing and shattering through the glass of this uh hero fatigue that i have that i'm really excited for but again i haven't even really been able to look at the uh you know the phase four lineup i mean obviously i know that this particular episode of the podcast is phase one and i think that uh we really touched on a lot of that but it's also really fun to just talk about kind of what the upcoming stuff is too yeah there's a lot the big plans um the thing is that really bugs me is both of you guys love thor and you love chris hemsworth so i can't believe you guys don't know about thor love and thunder that's coming out where he finally passes on the mantle to jane um, and basically oh, that sounds awful. Guardians the of the title. Gal- Guardians of the Galaxy is in it too, though. So I mean, I I'm curious where it goes because at the end of, end of end game, you saw um, Thor hop on the ship with the Guardians, and like I think the chemistry that they had in the beginning of Infinity War was really really good. So we'll see where it goes. Um, like I said, there's for me, of- just in my opinion, I think Thor is kind of hit or miss. Uh, I think the first Thor movie was really good. They really kind of missed the ball on the second one but then they brought it back with ragnarok so hopefully this one next one won't be a miss but i uh i wasn't actually aware that they were making a new thor movie so that's kind of exciting but hopefully they don't well, miss even just like, that the small setup one. even the title love and thunder like that's brutal um i think someone needs to definitely shake their head on that one and also passing the mantle of the god of thunder makes no sense in my opinion um i know that there was definitely comics with this female thor so it's fine i get it 
they can go that route. But what we're all waiting for, I think we can all agree, all three of us in this one, and also everyone who's listening can also agree to this. We want Beta Ray Bill. We need Beta Ray Bill. He's really going to come back into the series and really revitalize Thor. Who is Beta Ray Bill? Beta Ray Bill is the only other person who lifted up his hammer and rocked his socks. He was the only other one who was worthy. In fact, he was so worthy, Odin decided to make him his own hammer called the Stormbreaker. And he ended up joining uh, Can't Force be the Stormbreaker. Can't what? be now. Well, it can't, obviously, because yeah. they, they, they did that in a very um, – I thought it was, was he well the done. weird-looking character? Like, yeah, the, the, the yellow guy. guy. The okay. guy like, with the and you know what's great? Nose. The fact that if you actually look very hard in uh, Thor Ragnarok, that's the one at the tournament, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, where they're fighting in the Gladiator tournament. His head was on the mountain. His head was on the, uh, yeah. the stadium. As one of the, the as one of the champions. Heads. Beta Ray Bill was on there. So they obviously know that uh, he – I mean, technically, if you want to be super technical, I don't like to go down this route, but it's like he's clearly can. And if his depiction is on the side of a building, mm-hmm. um, but it's going to be hard to introduce him now because like Dallas said, they did really introduce the Stormbreaker uh, out of the gate, which is the essentially the mirrored version of uh, Molnir. Um, but they did it in a really cool way. I like to see Peter Dinklage as a seven foot giant. I love to see things like this and him, the way they crafted it in the, you know, the, the heart of a dying star. I loved the creation of uh, Stormbreaker. I just really wish that uh, they would have gave Beta Ray Bill his, uh, you know, his time in the sun, because, you know, I know that Dallas may think that I'm kind of being a little bit topical, or sorry, rather Carter thinks I'm being topical, but I know Dallas, the boy upstairs here, definitely knows that uh, this is a character that I love. And I think that they really, come on, we deserve a little bit of a taste, even if he gets to just body Thor a little bit in a tournament or even, you know, Hulk, for example, if they do a Planet Hulk movie. Dude, the Planet Hulk movie, that's the one thing. Like, that's like, obviously I knew about Beta Ray, but way before the Hulk movie, but it was sweet in the Hulk movie, seeing a, a powerful Asgardian, like literally other than Odin and Thor, like the number, you know, he is the most powerful Asgardian and getting to watch the uh, Hulk just body him like easily was sweet. Like that just goes to a testament of how powerful Hulk is. And that's why I'm going to bring it all the way back to the Avengers, the first movie where it literally was the first, first time that I can remember ever on a culmination of, of five movies before it all into one movie not based around one specific character but based around six individual characters and it ended up being literally at that time it was the number two grossing movie of all time right behind or no number three right behind uh avatar titanic and then uh, the first avengers so i just think that goes to show how those five individual movies obviously two were iron man but how five movies could go into one movie and literally break box office box office records you know what i mean it was a well, smart come on. idea we have to remember the mcu and we've talked about this before are you know gods of the movie setup they were able to set up these movies so perfectly and they had a goal in mind um you know i i know that in the previous episode we touched on how the dc has just basically been dragging their feet when it comes to their setup of their movies and their execution Um, But one thing that I don't think anyone could really disagree with is the fact that MCU has been gorgeously articulating these setups and it's so great to see Avengers at the time was uh, something that me and Dallas were really excited for. I know that Carter was a little bit younger, but I know that me and Dallas have been reading comics of the Avengers for years before that. We knew where it was all going eventually and they were setting these movies up. But when we found out that the Avengers movie was going to the silver screen, we were really excited about it. And I think it was phenomenal. It was such an ambitious crossover at the time. It was so great to see all these epic, great characters portrayed on the silver screen in the theaters in the flesh. So 
um you know you gotta give your props up for marvel and their setup you know no one does it like them the setup is just perfect uh the writing is really good and the cgi is pretty groundbreaking i think that it all culminated into the first avengers uh movie that we got in phase one and that was i think the crowning achievement of uh you know phase one well that's the thing the thing i liked about it is you only had really four characters that were actually like oh man people are gonna give me flack for this but like four main characters in it right you know what i mean you had obviously mark ruffle hulk you had uh, chris evans oh see i wasn't even gonna say black widow i was gonna say chris chris evans um captain america robert downey Okay, quit saying Hawkeye and Black Widow. I know there's six characters, right? But two of them didn't have their own movies, right? Black Widow was introduced in Iron Man 2. And, and uh, Jeremy Renner's Hawkeye was introduced in the first Thor, right? Are they both getting their own movies? Or... I think that this is something that I just want to touch on really quickly. Um, I think it's incredible that uh, we just talk about for a split second now, um, the fact that the Black Widow movie that's coming out, I wasn't really that excited for it when I initially saw it, but the fact that they're doing Taskmaster, I was just like blown away. He's such an incredible villain. I just love the idea that uh, he's this villain that has the ability to just like basically on the fly perfect someone's technique. So all of a sudden in the movie, he's using Black Panther claw techniques. He's using uh, Black Widow's like uh, agility and stuff. He's using Hawkeye arrow stuff. He's such a formidable foe. And I think that's such a creative superpower that he can just instantly be better at the stuff that you're at. Um, I, I, I'm actually very excited for the Black Widow movie. Uh, I could take or leave Scarlett Johansson. I don't really care if it was Chris Hemsworth in that, in that cat suit, I could really deal, uh, I could repeat it, (laughs) but the taskmaster in those movies, I think is what's going to be just a great, uh, a great character. I think that the design was a little bit, a little bit of a miss for me. I just used to love the taskmaster who had the actual skull for a face and would Mm -hmm. talk with that very skeletal look. But uh, they're making him very grounded, and he has, like, the very cool uh, outfit and stuff. So, like I say, I just want to touch on that a little bit. No, that's that's the thing. Honestly, it's it's nice to see, because Natasha Romanov's character was obviously killed off um, in Endgame. So it's nice to see that they're bringing her back, even if it's only for one more outing. The thing that I'm really concerned about with, with the whole MCU in general is because of the whole COVID thing and the movie theaters. And, like, I don't really know what's going to happen with the, you know, the box office movies and stuff. Cause the Hollywood lost billions and billions of dollars for, with this whole COVID thing. So I'm really curious, you know, if it's ever going to go back to normal, you know what I mean? If, if, you know, if these MCU movies will still be King or if, or if maybe now um, it'll just be the, the all straight to honestly, I, I, I doubt it. They're, they're kind of taking liberties and kind of doing more obscure characters. So I don't think Marvel will continue to, be on this reign of terror and just dominate all the the movies i think it'll probably fall off with these uh new addition additions to the cinematic universe yeah i i i I don't know i thought so too but i mean even even just on youtube the wandavision stuff like and how many hits and how many views it has and stuff like that considering it's a straight to direct show like straight to uh disney plus it just i don't know it there, there's there, there's traction that could be made but obviously like i said with the fact that there's literally more movies and tv shows in phase four than there was in phase one two and three 
I'm a little bit skeptical myself, but I have, obviously I know the big boys will do good. Like the doctor strange into the madness where they're mm-hmm. going into other. Yeah. Universes. I'm not talking about the main kind of movies. I'm talking about more. So just the obscure kind of, but you got to remember that something, something to really think about is the fact that, I mean, COVID, I mean, is a massive reason why people are even willing to watch, you know, uh, WandaVision. They're locked in their home. They have nothing better to do than watch something mm-hmm. that has WandaVision on their television. If they could go outside and go for a bike ride or even go uptown, there's no way WandaVision on Disney Plus. So it just goes to show that it's, they're really trapped within their own residence and they have no choice but to watch WandaVision. So, um, you know, things like that. I think, that the, like how Dallas said, the big boys are always going to be on the top block. But again, I think as we'll see in maybe roughly 10 years or so, depending on how this, uh, how people and the, the box office are able to bounce back from, you know, COVID-19, um, it'll be interesting to see, but I think for the most part, um, and I hate to admit it because these are series I love. I think people are really starting to get the superhero fatigue. And I think that as the years go by, um, more ambitious and very interesting uh, movies that come out are going to be the ones that are able to top it. Um, you know, I think that if they're able to, you know, do more obscure kind of creative stuff instead of rehashing, you know, this, you know, movies where we're essentially getting from what I gather, um, this new Robert Pattinson Batman is going to give us somewhat of an origin story. I think people are getting sick of origin stories. I think people are that we know that we we understand the origin stories of all these heroes. If you go to the theater, chances are you already know the origin for years and years and years. So you know how we were talking about before, it would have been really nice to see a lot of these end game like Batman <laughs> being at the, his peak when he basically you know has contingency plans for taking out the entire Justice League and stuff like that. I would mm-hmm. love to see a lot more end game. Um, it's almost impossible at this point to see Endgame of stuff, uh, especially with um, the MCU, because I feel like uh, they've already taken it in a certain route where it's very hard to go up from there, just because they've introduced characters like Ultron and characters like Thanos. But like I say, you know, they got they got the X-Men back. It'll be nice to see how they do that. But I think for the most part, um, you know. It's gonna be it's gonna be hard for them to keep this momentum and this crushing drive that they've had for years and years uh, at the top. I, I really think that um, the whole COVID and and Hollywood kind of getting, yeah. you know, the short end of the stick has really been a nail in the coffin uh, for their their momentum and their progressive uh, their progressive traction that they've been getting. Give it roughly 10 years because they're already starting to do more kind of uh ambiguous more you know risky stuff like the new joker movie was really risky um you know so i think that it's gonna take probably one or two more absolute flops and people are just not going to care about superhero movies anymore that's my opinion i think in 10 years unless they're really able to kick it into overdrive and really impress us i think that the superhero uh fad is going to be over We'll find out in the phase four. That's literally what's going to happen. Like with between 30, 30 movies and 30, you know, TV shows, like we'll it's find out if there's, break. yeah, we'll find out if the traction's still going to be there after. Like they still have tons of places to go. Like I said, they can have apocalypse back now. They could bring back a, a really thug life, a Magneto. They got the rights to fantastic four. So they could have doom. You know what I mean? They oh, have I'm loving Ken, all of this Ken, actually. <laughs> Kang the Conqueror, they ha- they could bring back Galactus in an actual proper form instead of the stupid Rise of the Silver Surfer like Fox did. You know what I mean? There's a lot of places Ooh, they Silver could go. Even Silver Surfer, if they did a stand. Oh, I forgot like about Surfer, that. Yeah. that oh, that would be incredible. Yeah. And let's not forget, if they get a little bit ambitious, they can do Spider's Man. I would love to see a rendition of that uh, in theaters. It would be really great to see this hive mind Peter Parker. That's, his body is comprised of hundreds of thousands of spiders. Really on the silver screen would be great. 
So anyways, guys, we're going to wrap this up because we're at over our hour mark here. We appreciate all the support we've been getting um, from, from everything we've done. Um, just the thing is, just to remember, we're going to be talking about tons of different stuff over the next few months. And it's going to be video games, movies. Obviously, with the whole COVID thing, like the movie scene has slowed down a lot. So there's going to be less to talk about there. But we just really, really do appreciate you guys leaving comments, like, subscribing, all that fun stuff, guys. Let us know. Send us messages like what you guys would like us to talk about next because we're down to hear whatever you guys want us to do. We're literally doing this for you guys and because we love to talk. We love to hang out. And this is just a way three brothers can just bro out. So anyways, guys, you guys all have a wonderful day. And this is from Dallas, Cat and Carter. Peace.